Op-ed. Denazification will result in the ideological vaccination of the Ukrainian deep state and the society that it's supposed to represent, even though it hasn't legitimately represented its indigenously multicultural people for the past eight years. This will in turn sustainably ensure that this fraternal country isn't ever hijacked by foreign forces in order to transform it into a proxy hybrid war weapon by artificially reinventing itself as the anti-Russia in accordance with literal World War II-era fascist ideology. Upon the success of this ambitious goal, Ukraine's demilitarization can then be sustained as well. Much has been written in the US-led Western mainstream media, MSM, mocking Russia's stated aims to denazify and demilitarize Ukraine which President Putin described on Thursday during a meeting with his Security Council, as having turned into an anti-Russia, throughout the course of its special military intervention there. The prevailing narrative is that the Russian leader has lost his mind since the MSM has successfully gaslit so many folks into denying the presence of literal Nazi-glorifying fascists in the US-backed post-coup Ukrainian structures, particularly its political and military ones, and even going as far as to describe any contrarian claims as anti-Semitic. Furthermore, their targeted audience has been misled into thinking that Ukraine isn't capable of ever posing any sort of military threat to Russia. The author clarified the facts in three of his recent pieces that will now be shared below, the first of which hyperlinks to around a dozen prior related analyzes. These should at the very least be skimmed through if the reader isn't already familiar with the author's arguments in order to avoid being confused by the rest of the clarifications that will follow in the present article. Basically, Russian intelligence concluded that NATO's clandestine military infrastructure in Ukraine would be used to launch a surprise attack against their country upon the U.S. successful neutralization of its nuclear second-strike capabilities. The fascist ideology that influences most of the Ukrainian elite has resulted in turning their country into an anti-Russia in the sense of seeing itself as Russia's enemy. Azov Battalion was once a paramilitary but has now been made an official part of the Ukrainian National Guard. The black hook symbol on their flags is a wolf's angle which was a Nazi SS symbol used during World War II. Having very briefly explained all of that, the piece will now proceed to informing readers about the importance of denazifying and demilitarizing this anti-Russian entity. So as not to be misunderstood or have any of the subsequent insight maliciously misportrayed, the anti-Russia description doesn't refer to the Ukrainian people in general nor their eponymous state but to the function that their US-backed post-coup permanent military, intelligence, and diplomatic bureaucracies, deep state, consider their country playing in the region vis-a-vis Russia. It also refers to the ideology that they seek to impose upon the rest of society in order to turn it against this fraternal neighboring people, many of whom live within the borders of Lenin's lingering unnatural mini-empire and are historically indigenous to its territory. The denazification goal is crucial to achieve in order to sustainably ensure peace between the historically united Russian and Ukrainian people, as President Putin described them in his detailed article from last summer. Their deep state was captured by US-backed radicals that literally glorify Hitler's World War II collaborators who participated in the Holocaust as well as the genocide of Poles, Roma, Russians, and other minorities living on what's nowadays Ukrainian territory. Their disproportionate influence in shaping their state's policy and the views of society have turned them into the US anti-Russian vanguard for waging that declining unipolar hegemon's hybrid war against Moscow by proxy. These fascists have poisoned the minds of countless Ukrainians in the eight years since coming to power. No self-respecting state can accept the indefinite presence of such hostile and genuinely fascist forces on its border, let alone those that have turned many of these historically united fraternal people against them. That's not even to mention the explicit security threats that this anti-Russia poses with respect to its national security strategies aims to support a terrorist underground against their designated opponent, to say nothing of its leadership's recent hints to develop a nuclear weapon. Quite clearly, the continued existence of this anti-Russia, which to remind the reader, 
refers solely to the U.S.-backed ideological radicals that seized control of Ukraine's deep state and not its society nor the state itself, poses an existential threat to Russia, and that's even without its clandestine hosting of NATO bases. Denazification will result in the ideological vaccination of the Ukrainian deep state and the society that it's supposed to represent, even though it hasn't legitimately represented its indigenously multicultural people for the past eight years. This will in turn sustainably ensure that this fraternal country isn't ever hijacked by foreign forces in order to transform it into a proxy hybrid war weapon by artificially reinventing itself as the anti-Russia in accordance with literal World War II era fascist ideology. Upon the success of this ambitious goal, Ukraine's demilitarization can then be sustained as well. To be sure, the country is already largely demilitarized as a result of Russia's precision strikes taking out over 1,800 Ukrainian military facilities, including those that could have been used by NATO. Nevertheless, Ukraine can always rebuild those sites with time if its leadership remains under the control of foreign forces and influenced by fascist ideology, which is why denazifying the country's deep state and those members of society that support such hateful views is the prerequisite to sustainably ensuring the country's demilitarization. In other words, the ideological social goals of Russia's special operation in Ukraine take priority over its military ones even though the present optics seem to suggest otherwise for some. Ukraine's denazification and subsequent demilitarization are the only ways to uphold the integrity of Russia's national security red lines in that country which Kiev and its Western patrons have hitherto refused to respect despite Russia's diplomatic requests to do so. While most scenario forecasts predict that these interconnected goals can most easily be achieved through the eventual change of Ukraine's regime, it's at least theoretically possible that President Zelensky could remain in power if he simply undertook the political decisions required to fulfill Russia's reasonable requests. After all, Russia has no interest in multi-managing political affairs in this neighboring country and it especially doesn't want to take responsibility for directly ensuring the socio-economic well-being of its multicultural people due to the hefty costs involved, which became even more disproportionate upon the US-led West's unprecedented sanctions that they just imposed on Russia. It would thus be easier if Zelensky simply did what's needed to resolve these issues right away. Instead, it regrettably seems to be the case that he remains controlled by both his American patrons and their fascist proxies below him in spite of he himself being very proud of his Jewish identity that obviously puts him at odds with the ideology being imposed upon his people by Ukraine's US-backed ruling elite. If he can be successfully liberated from those pernicious forces or come to finally realize that his people's best interests are ensured by agreeing to Russia's reasonable requests, then it's indeed possible for him to remain in office since he was democratically elected even though he then went back on his wildly popular campaign promise to pursue peaceful solutions to the Donbass conflict and attendant tensions with Russia. However it ends up happening. There should be no doubt that Ukraine's denazification and demilitarization will successfully be achieved throughout the course of Russia's special operation there. These are issues of grand strategic importance for Russia since they're directly connected to upholding the integrity of its national security red lines. The MSM gaslit the world by misportraying the expansion of US-led NATO's regional military infrastructure as allegedly being done under defensive pretexts even though these moves, and especially those in Ukraine, unquestionably occurred at the expense of Russia's security. Russia's special operation in Ukraine is essentially restoring strategic stability between these nuclear superpowers and preventing the US from exploiting that country as its anti-Russian proxy.